Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 19th of August, 2018. I should remind most listeners out there to remember that I have books and discs for sale, and uh, that helps me take along, and it helps me to pay for the, the websites and so on. And the reason I have so many websites is because in the beginning I had them not just pulled, but frozen basically a few times, and the claim at that time, years ago, was that they only had a set amount of uh, hard disk space, even though, of course, that wasn't in any agreement at the time. They applied it later on. And that's the beauty of a controlling system, of an, a monopoly-type system, is that those who own it can actually change the rules any time they want. And if you look at any fine detail, that's exactly what they do. They change it without your permission, because you have no rights in this system. I don't know... If people really sit and think about it, that the with the availability of so much technological data serving systems and data transmission systems, there's a, a tendency to think that somehow you're on a roll and you can do what you want. Of course, nothing is further from the truth. You're living in a very carefully controlled system. And I wrote about that in the, in the 90s, 1990s. And gave talks in it too that the internet really would be a massive data collection system eventually going into a necessary system when, when even your banking will be taken away from you eventually in, in a cashless society. And then you'll be punished, of course, if you don't conform because the whole system you're in today is conformity if you haven't figured it out. As I say, I've written about it before. I've talked about it so many times. Using data from the proper sources, in fact. It's not guesswork here. And the ability to connect to dots, you might say, as well. Data, and too much data, as part of the technique which they wrote about. I'm talking about the big uh, controlling agencies of the world. They said they would give lots of data out and overwhelm the public until they couldn't remember anything. And you wouldn't remember anything. That way they could constantly change reality for you. That way they could give you global freezing, for instance, in the 1960s, and they churned out the books about the coming Ice Age by the same people who eventually churned out books about the coming fried egg planet-type stage, which we're in now, of course. Same people, the same panels, before they changed the names of the panels, to do with population control and management and how would you, give up, how would you get the people to give up their rights and freedoms and allow themselves to be managed by professionals. Well, it's all been done quite some time ago, in fact. You've been under professional management. Even your thoughts and your opinions are under professional management, and your governments are really on the lower end of the totem pole in this day and age, believe it or not. That's that's a fact. I might go into it sometime, but I'd like to mention, as I say, that remember, you can help me take along here by the books and discs, uh, that I have, and you'll help me just make it through. You can also donate as well at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and look at the site there for the other sites I've got in case any of them start going down. And that way you'll have a list uh, to choose from, and hopefully some will stay up. You can also go into alanwattsentinel.eu and you'll find out that you can donate there as well or buy the books and discs. That's the only way to, to have it done in this day and age. It, it's astonishing, really, uh, for me, after years and years of giving out information, and years and years of, of watching people, um, big names too, grab my stuff all the time, and repeat it all, since I do all the work for it, and never mention me at all. That's the way it happens to be, unfortunately, in this day and age, because people really are in it for themselves, most of them. And they want to get a name for themselves. I just want to scrape by, and that's all I've been doing. And I could go a lot further with all of this if I wanted to and make an awful lot of money, but I don't push that way because I'd have to compromise along the way. And if I compromise along the way, then I'm not my own person anymore, obviously, because there's other forces that control you through the financing and so on. That's how it's done. I'm sure you can all understand that, but it's literally the way it is done. In a sense, I think people who are looking for truth have to find it for themselves, and they must want it, number one, for themselves. If their ego gets involved, they'll get lost very quickly, 
and they'll be used very quickly as well. I've watched it over and over and over again with many other people through many years, and that unfortunately is what happens. So when I ask for donations or a little bit of help here and there uh, by buying the books and discs, then it's, it's not, I'm selling you nothing else. I'm not selling you things that will make you live forever or promises or anything else. What I do is show you a technique which I found very important for breaking through the nonsense of the day-to-day stress and living that we're subjected to. And because you got to remember that the system is a perfectly created system that we're living in. Even with this bewilderment for some people, and actually for many people, I suppose, who still think they've got governments and they can't fathom why their governments seem to all be in the process of demolishing the countries themselves and the cultures and also subjecting everyone to to intense conflict within their, their systems and increasing violence. And they can't figure this out. It seems to be bewildering to them. But it's only bewildering if you still think they actually have a country. And if you think that the people you think you elect actually run the country. Because there's much bigger forces above the elected governments. Remember, those who get into politics, right wing, left wing, makes no difference. Or even communists for that matter today. They all belong to the same organization initially. They're picked and asked to join the organization. You can't just go ahead and join it. You're picked out and tested and selected and continue to be tested to see if, you, if you're up to what they want. And you've got to play the game, as they say. You play the game by parroting to the public what you're told to parrot. It's quite easy to parrot politics to the public. You promise them lots of things. There's no law anywhere that says you have to deliver them. People who have looked into this, even for recalls or or politicians or whatever, because they lie, has gone to court, actually, in some countries. And even local government has done it, too, in Canada, where someone wanted to recall the people who'd, who'd run for their provincial election, And they found out that once they're in, they can do whatever they want because there's no law that says they have to tell you the truth. In the news, by the way, and I've given the report years ago, which was published in all the papers at the time, I think it was, and they did a documentary on it, a small documentary on it too, about a group of journalists and and film and camera crew who were given the rights to, to investigate certain topics. And one of them went into investigating, I think it was Monsanto at the time. I believe it was. But anyway, it turns out that the, the bosses eventually, when they saw it all, put them on hold and, and wouldn't put it out because they said that it would interfere with heavy support, financial support to the newspaper or to the, to the TV company, whatever it was. And a documentary was even done about that, in fact, what happened there, it turns out that eventually someone tampered with their, their article and altered the conclusion and the meaning of it, and so they took the company, to the, the, the ones that hired them, to court because they broke the contract. And it turns out, the judge said, that news doesn't have to tell the truth because something's called news. There's nothing to do with truth in news. New is new, Right. Uh, understand so we think we know what we're talking about until the crunch comes but there's nothing to do with news the term news it means that that it has to be even true if you looked at the propaganda which they show you from old documentaries in wartime for instance that were churned out by our governments like Path News and rah 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 and here's our boys at the front and all that stuff and then you find out the truth of what was happening. Well, if, if, if news was actually a legal thing that you, you had to, you could take everybody to court, but it doesn't happen because news means nothing. Propaganda is, is shoved into news all the time. Behavior modification is a daily thing that's inserted into news and, and fiction too that is churned out. 
to change your, your behavior and your, your opinions and things. All, all agreed to, even by the people who churn it out through universities and academia at the top and so-called professionals in neuroscience and behaviorism and psychology. They all work for really a world system today if you haven't figured that out. Yet most folk don't know that. They're overwhelmed with data, data, data. Most of it's 99.9 trivia stories, made-up soaps, really, that won't affect anything. They're just like bubblegum to, to waste your time and don't matter at all to anything. But that stuff, that, that's, if you read a newspaper today, is like tabloid, they should call it tabloid trash at one time. And, and that's through most papers today. Even the stuff that's churned out on supposedly serious topics is often complete nonsense or trivia, or irrelevant in the long run of things. And to look at anything today, you have to look at it in a non-linear fashion. If you're completely linear, you see you've been trained to, to think in a linear fashion. It's, it's like mathematics. You know, 2 plus 2 plus 2 and so on. That's, that's how you're, you've been trained to think in a sense. But to get truth in life, you have to be able to go all over the shop at once and then connect the dots. And, this, and then you realize that, well, all these dots are connecting and it's not quite linear, but there's definitely a connection here. And that's when you dig into it and find out what really has been happening and why it's happening in that way. We're managed pretty well perfectly today. I've gone through all the different um, old stuff, really, about nudging people along the internet and how they nudge you to, to look at what, you, what they want you to see on any topic. They'll nudge you to this article as opposed to other articles, for instance. That's, it's very, very controlled. And they'll nudge you into, well, if you looked at that, then you, other folk also looked at this. So they want you to be like other focus, they say, and you take their word, well, that's what other focus. No, they didn't. Maybe they did eventually, because they're all getting the same message as you. People looked at this, looked at, also looked at that. And that's how they get you to have a particular opinion on something or divert you off the topic altogether. It's, it happens every day to, to thousands, maybe millions of people across the world. Even talking about the censorship, for instance, to do with the, the Chinese system. In China, I remember, and I gave talks in the 90s about this, and the early 2000, about the China was set up from the, all the top newspapers. I didn't make it up, didn't dream it up, and the television, uh, like British television and so on. They talked about China being the model state for the world. The United Nations kept declaring it too. That means that everything in China is what they wanted the world to copy. The same technique of managing millions and millions of people across the world. Billions actually across the planet. Regardless of the cultures. So they'd have to get you managed and trained in a certain, a very intensive training by the way to get it to conform along the same path by using more conformity techniques than were even used on China. Because China, are, the Chinese people, are, are their systems and their history, but were more of a collective society. It was a bit easier in a sense that way. But in the West, they had to develop techniques and a lot of deception to make people simply accept conformity along all the major decisions to do with their lives. And so you're trained, 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 and with a lot of, as I say, deception. Just, we'll say deception right now, but it's very it's scientifically designed deception. Proven it over and over again, by the way. But anyway, let's go back to, to the whole point of this thing. China is often blamed uh, for so many things, including the way they manage their people. But don't forget that a lot of the management techniques were written out before China, modern China, 
uh, even communist China became communist. The, the texts were, were, were written out by the socialists in the West long before that. How, If only they had the power, this is what they would have, have given all, all of us back then. Don't forget that. The, the Fabian Society, the George Bernard Shaw types that in the 1920s talked about bringing in a system of of mandatory socialism, and you would have to prove to your masters why they should allow you to stay alive. What, what would you do for their state, you see? Because that's the function of it all, to serve the state, serve the state, serve the state. Don't forget that. And so these characters were pushing for that and writing volumes about it and techniques to do it, and even experimentation again, on implementation and studying it on, on other peoples before China adopted it. The elite of the world have always studied techniques of mass control. Always. The elites of the world, as I've said before so many times, are right into eugenics like you wouldn't believe, like deep sea divers in a sense. They're, it's as deep as you can go without getting crushed. That's where they go with it all. They really believe in all this stuff. Because the history of the world, to them, is rather simple. It's about generations of the right kind of families choosing suitable mates from other right types of families. The successful type, the winners, as they call it and holding on to their money and possessions through generations and accumulating incredible wealth. But don't think they simply did it, what you would call honestly, the richest people on the planet simply extorted it from other peoples that they often thought were inferior. The aristocracy of, say, the 19th century, and even into the 20th century, but the 19th century was incredibly haughty and beyond snobbish and even Britain for instance they believed along again with you might say academia to an extent too and uh, more selective papers that were more secretive, <laughs> a bit more secretive uh, than the ones they published later on on how to manage the people on behalf of an upper class they saw the peasantry of Britain who had cholera remember in the 19th century, centuries before that too, in their big factory towns where they crammed the people in to completely inhumane conditions, to die at the age of 17. This is the 19th century. And they looked at them, their stunted growth, and what appeared to be a bit of retardation in them, as their fault. They were the losers in the game of life from bad genetics, from bad stock, and so It never occurred to them, actually, in those days, and the, the, the Galtons and the Darwins and the rest of them all chatted quite openly about this in their royal society, which they set up with the beehive as their first project, a symbol of the perfect society. But they saw the people as defective, in a sense, defective genes. It didn't occur to them that the conditions they lived in with malnourishment and terrible hygiene was the cause of their, their stunted growth, uh, their physical ailments, their short stature, because they didn't grow very tall, their short lives, and the fact they couldn't, they couldn't beat off common illnesses or diseases because their immune system was shot because of malnutrition and malnourishment, etc. didn't occur to them. It's much easier to blame the creatures, or let's, let's be honest here, the animals, that's how they saw the people. And many of them discussed it and said it this way too, by the way. Often it, it's an unfortunate, a superior racial thing when they call their folk animals. And that also happened in Britain to the, a lot of the people who worked in the factories. So therefore, you can get symbiosis between different peoples against the ordinary people who are suffering and doing all the terrible work to make their betters richer. And the people also were pulled out of the rut occasionally, 
dressed up in the first decent clothes I'd ever had, and sent off to wars to fight for the system, given a wee bit of respect while they were fighting, if they lived long enough, and came back with some a superior stature, you might say, than the peasantry they'd left behind. So there's definitely a system, again, which works for behalf of the elite. All young guys are very prone to get picked up by the military boys and used for all the wrong reasons. And I never figure out if they survived that they've been used, often to subjugate other peoples across the planet. But they're taught to feel proud of it, and for the first time in their lives they feel there's a purpose to something. And the purpose is to do the fighting for those who own and control what you think is your country. Simple, isn't it, really? But we live in an abuse system. I've always said this. It's an abuse system. It's based on abuse. And today, I'd say that more than ever, it's an abusive system, even though its techniques are more psychological. But it's still all pervasive. It's around you everywhere. everywhere. Everything you look at, for every bad training you get, all your entertainment, every news cast you hear from from the, the big boys, television or radio, is so managed. Some in countries more incredibly so than others. It's very blatant. It's worse than the old, way worse than the old Soviet Union radio used to be. Way worse than that. And I know way more about it too. I've studied it intensely. But I won't go into it in detail here. But the thing is, most folk will never figure this out. With incredible boasting about the system that would come into play, which we're in. With the incredible releases of information and articles from science and so on, telling you how far they've got with eugenics, for instance. Bits and bites that go through most folks' heads, if at all, without even temporarily sticking on the way in and out. Because again, they're, they're overloaded with data and information. Most of it, as I say, is irrelevant. But from the, the old talks I used to give about eugenics and give you examples of movies that had them had it in it, for instance, like Gattaca and many others, of course. Then you see the articles coming out about improving the species again by taking out the bad genes, the defective genes, as they call it, and putting in the right genes, which is in the movie too, but there's articles there. I'll put some up tonight, some of the links up tonight about tampering and altering the genetics of society, all for the common good, you understand. Which by that they mean making it easier to control a generation born that way and conceived and altered that way into a brave new world. So they can serve better the elite who won't need as much management then once they've put all the, the, the rebellious genes that you might have or even the, the inquisitive genes you might have. Just remove them out of the way and try and keep you still functional and productive on behalf of your owners, and things perhaps will be okay. If you look at the history, as I say, of the world, and how every country that was what was called imperialist would go out to create its empire by using generally the, the, the poor folk <laughs> from the countries as cannon fodder, but they'd also often recruit people within those countries who also had nothing and gave them the uniform so they could subjugate their own people. It's tragic how abuse can be trained into people who should know better. But everyone succumbs to it and says, oh, well, I'm getting paid for it, you know, and, and now I'm different, I'm, I'm superior, I'm wearing this uniform. And then go off and round up your own people and beat them or, or line them up for firing squads and, and shoot them. So the abused become the abusers right down to the present day. It's easier with young guys, as I say, who have a natural, a natural tribal 
instinct in them to go off with the gang and fight and survive, they hope. It's easier before they, because men take ages to grow up, basically, or mature. And everything is set against that, too, because you're not meant to become mature. They want you to be a perpetual child in the system. But if you look at the, the amount of movies, and again, never mind all the, all the, all the war games and Xbox that they've churned out, train them to, to just be addicted to the idea of killing people. In order for all the wars that had lined up for the 90s into the present day. It didn't happen by chance. It takes a lot of preparation getting folk ready and generation getting ready before they're even born. Prepare for all. How do you indoctrinate them? How do you make them good fighters? Or they want to go off and fight without much of a reason. Well, it's quite simple. You give them lots of entertainment so they want to belong to the group who are fighting to save each other. That's how it's almost presented that way. But in reality, they're out subjugating another people and have no right to be there in the first place. Again, George Orwell knew this very well in 1984, his book, when he had the, different, the new terminology. And that's what we have today, the new terminology. We don't have soldiers, we have peacekeepers who have hand grenades and rifles and bayonets and knives and and so on, but we don't call them so. No, we call them peacekeepers as they go to invade. Oh, sorry, keep the peace in some other country. The warping is throughout everything. Everything. Just like Orwell had the Ministry of Love who tortured people. Well, we have them, and it's called Extraordinary Rendition. They just whisk you off for torture in some other place. They're not torturing. You're rendering. You're getting rendered somewhere, you see. And people get promotions and little medals for torturing people in the most brutal way. Even though they'll still show you old World War II propaganda movies, fictional movies, and they always bring in the Geneva Convention on the rights of the prisoners and so on. But no one mentions that kind of stuff today, do they? Because it's, the, it's the, your own countries that are behind us. <laughs> You're not supposed to really think too deeply. In fact, it, it can become unhealthy to think very deeply in this day and age. I, when I'm on the phone with people, I often get caught off now when I, certain topics come up and just, just the word, boom, the phone line goes dead. So you know you've got some third party into Veining here and listening in, of course. And, of course, it can also be computerized as well with the Enchilon program and the words, etc., etc. But also I found out even a week ago, talking to someone in the States, that uh, the phone went quiet and I realized he wasn't talking. And I mentioned it a few times and still no answer. And uh, I hung up the phone. Now, when you put a phone in its cradle and pick it up again, you should get uh, the dial tone. There was no dial tone. I picked up a few times. No dial tone. I looked at the phone, checked the whole, all the rest of it. And about two minutes later, again, no dial tone. He comes back on the phone again. So there had been another party there that had the connection still engaged between the, the, myself and the person I was talking to. You get these little telltale things. And a lot of us are studied of curiosity. We're all studied, actually. All of us. And you're all given your little nudges along certain paths on how to think about things, talk about things, or believe in things. And even to, to make you think that perhaps that all your opinions about certain topics that seemed so positive before and you've been right about things could be wrong. They even give out articles from psychology once in a while and studies that they're doing on that very topic, how to change people's opinions constantly. They're doing this and testing us all. 
And they've been doing that kind of thing from about the 1950s onwards pretty regularly with, with surveys, but now it's, it's simple with the internet and monitoring as well. And they know what makes you change your mind and peer conformity, right down to testing and giving you what seems to be peers, like classrooms, for instance. And I think Solomon Ash at one point did a test, and they call it the Ash test, conformity test. And they tested students with a particular topic before something and then put them back in together with, uh, unknown to to the people, uh, part of the group being told to give an an opposing or different answer to something that seems so obvious. And then when the people are in the minority who are correct with the answer, he realized that more people think the other other answer is correct, which it isn't. They'll, they'll change their opinions to go along with the majority. This is an old technique. It's done every year or so. It's a famous one and a, and a very popular one to test to see how most folk are conforming to what they think is popular opinion. That's just one little trivia thing. Out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tests going on simultaneously uh, every year, every day of every year, <laughs> Because it's important for your masters to create the right kind of society. Right down to you going into this almost confused, fugish state. Whereas I say you can't figure out why apparently your own governments are trying to destroy you, your heritage, your nations, your whole history. And then blame you for all. For being bad in some way, you just can't figure it out. But it's all intentional. And as they put more and more fake studies out about what they claim is the answer to all, so it's all your fault. Then more folk will will actually start to believe that. They test it in school too with groupthink from a very early age, and the teachers given toolkits to make sure. They can bring the majority of the, of the school children on a particular topic to the right conclusion. They, they, they say that to the proper conclusion. They're talking about opinions here, but they want they have the right, all the same opinion, conformity. And they use the rest of them, the crowd, and the peer pressure to, to shame the person who still clings to what they think is true on the topic which is opposed to the other opinions, until they try and get them to relent. But they use all terrible kinds of shaming techniques, and even shunning, by the way. And this is a microcosm of society, and how it's all in effect across the board today of you being shunned because of your opinions. And it's all science, and it's not happenstance, and it's not a right or left thing, by the way. Because it's a conformity across the world, mandated into law at some higher level, not for your eyes. And they all work together to create the same opinions across the whole planet. And it's massive. It's a massive organization. And it uses the internet naturally. And internet, don't forget, with the big, big servers and everything, that's all part of the military-industrial complex from the beginning. And they have access to it all. And they have lots of universities working on different areas of the internet to help create or maintain or even improve conformity of opinion and behavior and ideas. What you're in is a scientifically designed Almost perfect nightmare. And it truly is an abusive war upon thinking people on your mind because it will tolerate no dissenting opinions or alternate opinions on most topics. They're giving out what you're supposed to think and they're becoming, and they even use that now. Oh, you, that that's unacceptable. Whatever it is, is unacceptable. And as though that itself is going to explain it all, you see, 
that just saying the term is unacceptable or that won't be tolerated because unacceptable. Nothing to do with whatever you're saying being correct. You're being given religion. This is a, a form which, which is well understood with religion on conformity and heresy. If you don't understand that, this is this is how they this is where it all came from. That, that they studied studied how people behave and can and go along and and survive together. And they're they're simply giving religion gave you a better excuse as to why you did or didn't do certain things. And most of it was common sense actually. But this system is simply using terminology that's unacceptable, as though you are not ball. That's the impression it's supposed to give you for thinking what you think. And this unacceptability is supposedly being used like a legality to shut you up or have you shunned or locked out of society. Very old idea, planned a long, long time before the Internet came along for the general population. Bertrand Russell talks about it. Lord Bertrand Russell the so-called philosopher, there was a big part of planning the changes of culture that would be implemented step by step right up to the present day. Part of the planning team, Lord Bertrand Russell, who also believed in using socialism to implement it all, because socialism is a, a much more effective form of forcing conformity on behalf of those who rule. And Russell said the same thing, that eventually techniques would be found to make you, force you, coerce you into compliance. Such as giving everyone, as an example, money from the state. On the communistic methods, where that's supposed to the state paid everyone. And if you didn't uh, go along with something, or you'd said something that was unacceptable, heretical, you might say, then they would withhold your funding for the week or the month and you couldn't pay your rent and you couldn't save up your credits from the state. They simply would disappear and be replaced with the same number every couple of weeks or a month. And here you are being censored from what? Participating in society. Very interesting, isn't it? As they keep telling you, you're a free society, but here's the rules, and here you must conform to this and this and this. Well, that's not a free society. That's not free speech at all. No. Free speech is exactly that. It's free speech. And it's got nothing to do with what you believe, or if it's nice, or it's not nice, or it's bad. Nothing to do with that. You simply don't look at it or just ignore it if you don't like it. That's free speech. So you're in a controlled society and a controlled system in this day and age. Now, I've talked about eugenics for the last few weeks, in a sense, because it's awfully important. It all ties in together, including the whole global warming thing, remember. And for those who get caught up in the hype, we do go through phases of cooling and heating, normally down through the ages. And in between... In between what they call ice ages, you have warming ages where the ice disappears. Then you go back into ice ages again. Otherwise, you'd have a continuous ice age or an ice age would, would never have occurred in the first place and you'd have been cooked from the beginning. Well done, you might say. But you don't. Now, the scientists know this. And the IPCC, the so-called International Panel on Climate Change, that no one votes for, of course, because there's nothing in the system that's democratic. Any more democratic than the Council on Foreign Relations drafting up the free trade agreements, along with the Royal Institute for International Affairs, all private. And moving all your factories onto third world countries and using cheap labour across there instead of the cheap labour back home. Because they get more profits, astonishing profit, with the cheapest, cheapest labor. Not a new idea. The same people gave you the same kind of thing in the, in the 19th century. And they started uh, importing cotton and having it made, actually, 
in other countries, even cheaper than Britain, for instance, with lots of weavers in Britain, big trade. And the owners decided they would have it made in India and it would be even cheaper, so they'd get bigger profit off it. And they put all the people back home out of work. And of course it caused riots in the streets at one point, and the military were turned on the people, not for the first time. That's the reality of your history and for those of, of those who actually control and who believe they own you. Quite something. Now, I'll mention this article here. It's actually a PDF that came out of Georgetown University, I think it was. And it's on population engineering. Very interesting article, but not, not so unusual in academia. Where, they start, where our tax money has them studying all of us, eh? on behalf of our betters. And this is Population Engineering and the Fight Against Climate Change. This is 2016. It says, We argue that the threats posed by climate change justify population engineering, the intentional manipulation of the size and structure of human populations. Specifically, we defend three types of policies aimed at reducing fertility rates, aimed at, for the hard of thinking, aimed at reducing fertility rates. Choice enhancement is one. Preference adjustment and incentivization. If you object to the first type of policy, the latter two are generally rejected because of their potential for coercion or morally objectionable manipulation. We argue that forms of each policy type are pragmatically and morally justified. Let's say it again, eh? Choice enhancement, number two, preference adjustment and incentivization. While few object to the first type of policy, the latter two are generally rejected because of their potential for coercion or morally objectionable manipulation. So they argue that the forms of each policy type are pragmatically and morally justified, perhaps even required tools for preventing the harm and the harms of global climate change. See, they're blaming you for all the global ch- Nothing to do with the planet. Nothing to do with your disinterest from the sun, etc., in different phases and different. We go through cycles of this. India has got a fantastic history of the planet, actually. Go back far further than most folk. And they, they mention this kind of thing happening so many thousands of years. Because we don't go in some perfect circle around the sun. We never have. And they've always wanted to have the population. Cut. And it's no, it's no coincidence that the Western countries have been going sterile for a long time now. And it really isn't. You know, you've got to get out of this idea of coincidence theory. The big boys want to get, and the general population will always make excuses. Well, they'd never do that. It's like harp with the technology and standing wave technology, that which they tested all through the 90s pretty openly. And you could see the, the, the standing wave uh, results that they were causing, the big superheating atmosphere. Like it's almost like a standing wave of heat, you might say. And how they could even alter the jet stream and take clouds away from an area and bring that naturally meant bring them into another area. So you get flooding around it. And you get in the center just this very dry as a bone type of heat wave, which we've had here in Ontario. And a few years ago, we had the opposite. We had, we had the wet, we had the rain here almost every day, one summer, well, a couple of summers, in fact, and um, lots of fungal problems because of it. Uh, incredible, incredible rain. And now it's the opposite. Now we're getting rain around Ontario in a circle, down into the States, Pennsylvania, New York, and and even Toronto with the flooding. But here, further north, it's just dry as a bone. Of course, they'd never use it, would they? they just make these things to, to admire. But everything that's happening, and scientifically, is for control purposes, always. Always is. I remember that the Club of Rome said they were given the task of finding reasons for taking over and destroying the old system of people having rights and all that, and having them having to accept that uh, their betters, the, the educated elites, uh, would control them on behalf of the dominant minority of uh, financiers, etc. Hmm. 
Anyway, back to this article, and it's under Population Control, Climate Change and Public Policy, Fertility and Procreation. Two uncontroversial ideas set uh, the stage for the article. First, climate change is amongst the most significant moral problems contemporary societies face in terms of its urgency, global expanse, and the magnitude of its attending harms. Second, population plays an important role in determining just how bad climate change will be. And so here, that here's right off the bat, it's you is the problem. Again, the Club of Rome said that man then would be the problem. We'll blame him for, for famine, drought, and the like, he said. And that would fit the bill. That would fit the bill. Right? So here's this article going on, and using it all, using the Club of Rome stuff. On the basis of these claims, they'll argue that we will call population engineering, Intentional manipulation of size and structure of human populations is a practical, morally justifiable means to help ameliorate the threat of climate change. Policymakers and moral theorists alike have been reluctant to wade into discussions of population policy. No, they haven't, actually. It's just that they won't come out and tell the public this. <laughs> but they certainly are not reluctant. They're getting well paid to do this stuff. We think that this reluctance is unjustifiable and ultimately irresponsible. And then it says, we'll identify four types of practices and policies here for uh, simply called interventions that could effectively reduce human fertility rates. One, clearly non-coercive choice-enhancing interventions. Two, possibly coercive preference-adjusting interventions. Three, possibly coercive incentivizing interventions. And four, clearly coercive interventions. And then they go through the techniques here of making these things happen. Uh, the interventions can be designed and implemented as part of a global population engineering program while minimizing the possibility of coercion and should be further investigated by ethicists, social scientists, and policymakers. But no mention about the general public, which is the target of all of this. You understand the system you're actually in, folks? This article here and a study is not off the top of their heads. They're getting funded to do this. And you understand the big, big picture of all. You've been living through it your whole life, and you don't even know it. Along the standard repertoire of broader policy efforts to fight climate change, which will include reducing consumption-related waste, switching to renewable energy sources. This is all control techniques, funding and adaptation efforts, etc., and also give other articles too, and books out there by other folk. They always love to quote each other, you see, since they're all employed by the same uh, global employers at the top. Because I see the climate change crisis and the greenhouse gases, as always, and, so, and how every person born creates more greenhouse gases, etc., etc., and consumption, and how just terrible it is, these, these births of people, you know. What they really mean is the wrong kind of people. As I said before, you see, we're all, most of us are obsolete now. We're still making money for our owners, but, but they, they, they've got machinery, they've got all kinds of techniques to, now to rake in incredible... I mean, from the 60s onwards, their, their, own, their, their own United Nations, privately controlled and created system by the, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, along with the World Bank and the IMF and uh, the Bank for International Settlements, by the way, that's how they control the world. They actually said in the United Nations that they would, with the Population Department, which is was set up by Rockefeller, by the way, for the United Nations on population reduction, they'd have to find new techniques to sterilize the people and bring down the populations. But the UN also would say about the massive increasing gap that we used to release percentages every year on the, on from the rich to the to the to the majority and to the poor, and how it was it was like massive. Chasms, starting from little crevices to massive chasms, and now it's beyond canyons and and so on. With incredible profits they're raking in from third world countries, they really don't need the masses at home except to shove into uniform if anybody reneges on agreements, because these are global agreements between all the countries, all the countries. So if someone uh, wanted to pull out of it or go their own way or whatever, they can always get a massive army of cannon fodder, if necessary, which they'll always use, they think, before they go into the next step, weaponry, etc. 
but climate control weaponry, weather modification is, an, is a very precise thing today and very easily done. <laughs> and it's interesting that those who are involved in in geoengineering are also the same shareholders in the big chemical companies, etc. They make the stuff to be sprayed above us all the time. And I've done the articles on them before. It's not guessing. It's not making stuff up. It's only unbelievable to the public who believe the media out there in television is an appendage to their brain. I'm not kidding you. That's how they've been trained to think. If someone in authority says it on television, they'll believe it. If you tell them the same thing with a thousand times more evidence and show them the evidence, they'll ignore you. They need affirmation by an important or, or authoritative type personality. Very easy. This is all again studied and studied and studied. They can train the rest of them to laugh at you by saying the same stuff, which they'll put their own guys forward to say in the future. So anyway, they go in about all the reasons and problems that you have and use all the Oxford studies and Harvard studies and every other study, etc., and all the different United Nations departments, etc. But it's all your fault, and you can't live like this anymore, and you can't have children like this anymore. This is how stuff goes back, way, way back, of positive eugenics, negative eugenics, and positive abortions, in a sense, and negative ones. And, and it all comes down to who should have children, who will not have children. And years ago, I read articles from the same sources, by the way that said that eventually your, your, one of your privileges in the, in the future will be to have a child selected, uh, but a child basically granted to you to have a, to have a child permission uh, by the world government or authority. You don't have to call it government, you call it governance. Because there's so many aspects of government today and governance, most of it private and academic and most of it commercial, massive commercial, private, that you don't vote for any of it, actually. And that's so much for your democracies. Whether it's a republic or a, or a democracy, it's all the same thing. It's a joke. Whatever it is. Anyway, they even talk about mass migrations to mitigate climate change, etc. Remember reading an article from the Rockefellers Foundation years ago, many years ago, maybe 20 years ago, 30 or even, talking about the same thing. They would use population, mass population movements to, to destroy the old system of the West as well, under the guise of climate migrants. The rest of this this particular long PDF, by the way, very interesting, with the percentages, etc., and uh, going to the, all the things they have to do to, to save us all. So the greater good, you understand, that you must be sterilized. And it'd be even nicer if a lot of you would just die, etc. And saving money, right? Well, you save a lot of money as well. And that's, of course, why you've always... And for every person you kill with assisted suicide, as I like to call it now, they're all doing the same thing. All that money they can save and the carbon they can cut out by killing the old folk off and then killing the, the fetus in the womb so it doesn't get a chance to become a... To add to the global, the greenhouse gas, etc. Yep. You better really sit and think about the system that's on top of you, dominating you, that's indoctrinated you, that's brainwashed you. You better think about it. Because this is not made up stuff, folks. This is only one article of many, and uh, it's pretty tame in a sense. Some of them are rather more um, vicious. Also, when you put up one on monopolies, monopolies are coercive too, aren't they? They can stop you getting what you need medically. Here's an article of Norwegian hepatitis C patients wait for treatment due to medicine monopoly. And how, what they, the, the, money, the money they rake in, as they, remember they're pushing drugs for years and years through pop and rock and all the rest of it. And once the folk get all their addictions and how cool it was to be, you know, have, have, have to inject yourself with what stars would inject themselves with and so on. Eh? Then you get diseases and then they make a massive amount of money off you. A 12-week course of the drug, Epiclusa medicine it's called, in Norway is 540,000 kroner, which is about 57,000 euros. A 12-week course, right? 
Uh, but some of them managed to get it from India, the same medication, I think it was, for a fraction of that, something like 800 kroner or something. Yeah, 800 euros in Bangladesh, actually. 800 euros. But in their own country, it would cost 57,000 euros. You talk about monopoly and plundering the people. This is your carings. Get out of your head. Of this. I don't mean the people are bad who work in hot. No, no. The ordinary staff are decent, good people. But the system you're living in is eugenics and greed-orientated. And also there's another article too. Eugenics is generally associated with socialism, etc. Very good article and how Germany copied all the stuff from the West. And it goes back into Malthus, Thomas Malthus, of course, and how he was pushing the same stuff, a eugenicist himself. And they hated the ordinary poor people, thinking they're all, as I say, they're all basically retarded. And they were so disgusting because of the system that made the people small, weak, and their brains didn't even develop properly through malnourishment. And they blamed the people for it instead of the system that they forced the people into. Hmm. Terrible human trait, that, isn't it? I'll put that up as well. I guess next week I'll do a lot more on... See, I used to... I People have asked me about the books. I've got other books sitting waiting in the wings and I haven't put them out because as soon as I do, I guarantee you, bigger companies grab the stuff I do and shove it into their books. Again, I had a pair, someone in the American Authors Society who told me about the, that there were folks who made their money off books and all the information, all the leads and so on, and all the work was done by me. It took all, from all my talks, thousands and thousands of talks and lectures. And they, they, they just shoved it into books and sold it under their names, and I got not a penny. So I really thought about it and thought about it. I said, well, all I can really do is put out the information, really. And an audible form through through what I'm doing here, and maybe, I don't know, maybe for a kick the bucket, I'll publish more stuff and put it out there. But it's, it's sad. It's, I, I expect enemies to do it, meaning those who control the world system. They'll always jump in, naturally, uh, to tr- try and disc- either discredit someone's information or bend it off into outer space until it's ridiculed. But I also have people to, who, who thank me from all over the planet for helping them understand what's really happening and helping them hopefully keep on a hold of their sanity and, more importantly, their humanity. Because this is an incredibly inhumane system. Truly inhumane, where they talk about the vast majority of the people, even those who think they've got some credentials up there in the degree department, and as Julian Huxley said, many of them who help us will also be for, basically, he didn't see the chopping block, but he said they were lumped in with the rest. They're really expendable. You have to start thinking for yourself and have patience with those who are further along with their indoctrination because they can't help it. It's only pure luck in a sense. There's something active in you that helped you see through things and then go exploring and, and not get waylaid by all the traps out there uh, into absurdities, which are fascinating, mind you, but absurdities nonetheless. And if you can hold on to your sanity and start using your mind and don't get overwhelmed with useless data, be very selective, then you can stop bashing your own brain, trying to quiet it down with your drugs or alcohol or something. Because it's not your fault. You're just, you, you have this inquisitiveness, this little thing in you that makes you ask questions and look for the answers. It's a gift. It's a gift. It can seem like a curse at times in a society. They'll, they'll notice you and, and, and really come against you. Because we are in the scientific management system. Really, it's overwhel- almost overwhelming today. But anyway, that's all for tonight. So I'm Alan Watts, and I'm from Ontario, Canada, at the moment anyway. And it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you. <laughs> <laughs>